Well, hey everyone, and welcome to Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. We're so glad that you're joining us. For those of you that are online, that pickle is a really strong smell. He just opened the bag and it just smacked. I've gotten so many comments on me how much y'all love me eating a pickle during this. So thanks so much for coming. Whether you're joining us online, we do have several people in a couple different places that are joining us, um, or you're watching this later on via our website or even one of those other places like Facebook, and you're you're tuning in later. Thanks so much for joining us. We really hope this does challenge and encourage you um, and helps with any questions that you might have. We always encourage you to let us know any questions either by doing that live and interacting with us or emailing overtime at clcfamily.church and you can also even text us. So before we jump into recap, there's two different things that we want to do. One is get to a couple questions that we didn't get to last week. That's kind of my fault. I was on vacation, didn't check my email. Sorry. No, it's good um, for you. I'm proud of you for doing that. And then the other thing, which is a weekly staple for us is to let you know a couple things that are happening in and around the church. Um, so two areas that we want to encourage you that we've been starting to talk a lot about how you can use your gifts, you can use your talents to be part of what God uh, wants to do in you and through you. Uh, specifically in our church, we've got some areas that we would love to encourage you to be a part of. One, this is brand new. In fact, I just heard it myself like five minutes ago. Nice. Um, you can actually adopt a whole. Many of you know that we have a disc golf course. We've talked about it here a couple different times, even the kitty course. We have a disc golf here at the church, which is pretty popular, but we are yeah, now, it is. We are now saying that if you would like to adopt a hole, meaning that you will help kind of care for that hole, you can make your way to the sign up that is outside that disc golf course. There's like a, uh, a brand new sign that's up there that you can actually adopt a hole. So if that is something that you would be interested in, you we would love for you to sign up to be a part of that. That's pretty exciting. Um, something that you can be a part of that a lot of people that don't necessarily know Christ are coming through. It's a great opportunity. So we want to point you to that. The other thing, and this is something that we just kind of landed and learned about this morning. So if you're watching this live, this is on June 8th. Coming to you live, on live, June real time. 9th, we have a graduation tomorrow. here. Yeah. yeah, that's tomorrow. So we have a graduation here that is happening for the charter school. And what we want to do, and this is very last minute, we're throwing it all together. But if you could help out, we would love for you to help us out. We are going to be doing some cookies and some coffee service for that graduation tomorrow. So if you are interested in helping with that, please let us know. You can comment in any of our online uh, things if you're live with, with us now. If you're on Facebook, you can Facebook Julie directly or you can just email Big Yellow Mug yeah. at CLC. You should become friends with my wife and then you can stalk all of our pictures <laughs> and can see all my haircuts. Yeah, you could do that too. So, But or, that's not why you should do it. You should do it because you should help tomorrow. I'm sorry. Yeah, let us know if that's something that you want to help out with. We would <laughs> greatly appreciate that. Um, we just simply want to try and serve our community. And this is a great opportunity that literally has kind of fallen into our laps. So if you could help out with either of those two things, that would be great. We would love for you to do that. So... Now, with the announcements going gone, let me kind of bring up a couple questions that were asked last week. So this is uh, mostly referring to two weeks ago's message. So this is the last one of the I'm In series. Right, where we talked about joy. Yeah, joy. where we talked about joy. And these are two of the questions that we had, or, or a couple of them. I, I liked uh, several of them here. Uh, this, this is the first one that I'm reading. It says, is there anything in why Jesus described Satan's fall from heaven being like lightning. I have a note in my Bible that says scripture, uh, it says that scripture that says lightning is short-lived. Do we know why it was described that way? Yeah, first, uh, this is not a hospital gown. This is actually <laughs> a shirt I decided to wear today. And now I'm looking at it and going, it looks like a hospital gown. And Josh, did they literally just break him out of wherever he was? Nope, this is not, this is a shirt. And um, it really is a good question because, yeah. so uh, the passage, they come back, they return with joy. They experience something. And they're like, they come back after serving Jesus. Really, really neat. We'll talk more about that in just a second. And then they experienced joy, return with joy. They made a declaration that they all saw this crazy thing. And Jesus goes, let me tell you what I saw as you were doing it. And he says, I saw Satan, the evil one, the enemy, fall like lightning. So that word lightning there, yeah. while for us we think like lightning in a storm and would have been kind of the same language there, it literally just means a bright flash of light. Okay. So let's think about this. What's the solution to darkness? Hmm. How do you dispel darkness? Yeah. How do you get rid of darkness? How do you make darkness flee? 
there is only one solution. There's only ever been one solution. And you know, a couple hundred years ago, a little less than that actually, a lot less than that, uh, people figured out how to make light out of first lightning, electricity, right? Yeah. And then they created light bulbs, all sorts of stuff. And a lot of this stuff happening in our area up here. And so this, like, and candles, all these different things. The whole purpose is when you bring light into a, a situation, darkness cannot stay there any longer. Yeah. Got that? So these guys, empowered by Jesus, his spirit, Holy Spirit, are sent out. Guess what happens when they go out carrying his light? Darkness cannot be where light is. And that's, you know, scientifically. That's physics. And also in light of what you see in the scriptures and what uh, John, the beloved, writes. And, and that there is this light and the darkness could not overcome it. And that's where Jesus stepped in. He was the light of the world. And so in this moment, when you see light show up, like light, like lightning, like this bright flash of light, what you see in that moment, so, so beautiful, is literally, it's Satan being dispelled yeah. from heaven. Now, you think of heaven, and especially in light of lightning, you're thinking heaven is somewhere up there in the clouds, lightning happens, and Satan gets kicked out of there. And we use the word fall. Right. So we have this language that imagines heaven as some other dimension up in the sky. It is a different dimension. But what we've been learning about is that the kingdom of heaven is nearer than at hand. So it happens when we bring light into a situation. We walk in Jesus' light. Wherever we go with his light, Satan cannot exist. The enemy cannot exist. Demons cannot exist. And so I think there's even a follow-up to that question, which actually helps us understand this even more. So. Yeah, it says, uh, does there seem to be any connection with verse 18 where it says that Satan fell, and then verses 19 and 20, where it speaks of the authority given us by Jesus for it to be written slash said after, right after verse 18 or together. Yeah, so uh, what he said is that he gave them all the authority. The authority yeah. to do what? To bring light into darkness. So, of course, they have everything to do together. So, Jesus is going, this is what I was seeing, and this is the reason I was seeing it. Because I actually gave you the authority to walk in that light, to speak that light and that life into people. And so, there really is. And so we want to see this. Not as good and bad or at war and, you know, we're not sure who's going to win. No, good. As in light exists. And where light exists, darkness can no longer exist. And so, Jesus goes, I, the way that you solved the issues of the world and the problems are actually you came my hands and feet with my authority to bring my light everywhere you go. And so what I saw was Satan fall like lightning in that moment, like this bright flash of light and darkness was dispelled. So it's really, really neat. I'm seeing that language. Thanks for asking that because I didn't get to cover that in the sermon, but really, really great question. Yeah. And I think your other question was really uh, pretty insightful too. I think if I remember, sorry, there's something else in there where I think uh, you had asked something about, oh, let me think, think if I can... Bring this up. There's one of the questions in there. Uh, us in your name. Yeah, so okay. you, will you read that real quick? Just that uh, first part of so it. So 1017 spoke to me where it says, us in your name. Uh, it was if it was to say to be treated like it was one word through four words. It was. That's what's so beautiful. When you look it up, and again, I'm not a brilliant biblical scholar. I just know all the hacks. want to give you all the hacks. One of the hacks is I'd look up the verse, and i type the word lexicon into it in Google. So I put in the verse. I put the word lexicon. And the first thing that pops up is a Bible Hub app that you can click on on your Google. And it literally will show you the, the Greek. And the Greek word for that literally is just one word. The us in your name. So the Holy Spirit's revealing something to you that this scriptures are saying us in your name is literally just one word it means like anoma or i don't know how you say that but that's the greek word for it. and figuratively here's how it's defined the manifestation or revelation of someone's character mm. as distinguishing them from all others mm. so the manifestation or revelation of someone's character so jesus is going i am going to manifest myself and my character in you in your name, and it's going to be distinguished as greater and more unique than any other name. So, in your us, in your name was actually all one Greek word, meaning that implication. And they would have understood this, right? Because, um, according to Hebrew nations, a name is inseparable from the person to whom it belongs. So, literally, it was who they are, what they're known as an essence. It was their essence, right? And so, really, really beautiful that he gives us his essence as, as um, sacred. Essence is who God then puts in us really, really neat. So great, great, great observations there. So then I've got two more questions. Again, this is from last week. Thanks so much for sending your questions. Um, one, it says, can you give us a practical, workable definition of Christian joy? And then there's another one, but um, I'll wait for the end. Yeah, really the one. great question. And again, not a Bible scholar, so I mean, love the Bible. Love it. And I think it's really, really helpful for so much. And so 
what I told you about last week is there's something new in me, right? Mm. Just something new, just this real joy. And we see it in the disciples. They come back and they return with joy. They, yeah. There's something in the joy. And you go, well, where does that come from? And so there's a couple of different places the scripture talks about joy. I actually talked about this with our staff today of, hey, we should be joy-filled. We should walk in joy. So where does joy come from? Well, that word joy literally, literally means, and so let me actually read it to you, make sure I get it completely right. It um, it means to extend favor, lean towards, be favorably disposed. Um, and properly, this is how it would be defined, the awareness of God's grace and mm-hmm. favor. So rejoice because of grace. Mm-hmm. Be glad because of grace. I hate to use the word joy and rejoice in the definition because it's like the same thing. And so, so joy is actually a response to God's grace. And we see this in Psalm 51 where David has finally got the awareness that he deserves punishment and damnation and justice to fall on him. He literally had an affair, became a murderer, all these kind of things. And he asked God, he responds, God, would you create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me? And then he says this, would you restore unto me the joy, the joy of your salvation? In other words, where joy actually comes from for the Christian is in our salvation. Mm-hmm. Joy actually comes from a space of awareness of what we deserve. Hell, punishment, nothing good, not even this next breath. But when we enter into a place where we can consider, as it says in James 1, consider it all joy, count it all joy. And, you know, even when you experience trials, whatever, as a result of being aware of the gift that joy is. So joy is not something that you can ascertain, you can't find it in a box. And, you know, and many Christians have gotten this right. And many pastors have gone, you know, joy is different than happiness because one is dependent on your circumstances. I don't believe that's the case. Blessedness and happiness show up in the scriptures equally. But I will tell you, joy is not something that you can find in circumstances before. Uh, regardless, right? There's just no way to find it there because joy actually comes from receiving and understanding God's grace. So that's one side of joy is joy. Christian joy actually is managing the tension of our awareness that we are far more broken than we could ever come to grips with and far more loved than we ever deserve, right, as Tim Keller would say. So joy comes from that tension. Yes, I do not deserve this, and yet God gives it so graciously to us. So joy actually comes from your awareness of your brokenness. And this is what's so broken, is that what the enemy actually tries to do is remind you of how broken you are, which is so silly because the enemy doesn't know how the, the, the gospel works. So the next time you hear that whisper of, yeah, but if people knew, if man, do you remember that? And you have these moments and you feel so deflated. What actually should happen is you come to grips with that and just acknowledge, yep, I'm even worse than those things. Yeah. That's what uh, Rick Warren says. He says when people talk bad about you and criticize you, rejoice that they don't know the real you because they'd have more to criticize, right? So there's yeah. just something in that. So this idea that there's shame that comes up as the enemy reminds you of those things, you actually can grab that and go, yep, that is true. I am a broken sinner, but for the grace of God. And this is where yeah. Paul says, who can save a wretched man like me? but for the grace of Christ Jesus, right? So that tension of acknowledging your brokenness and acknowledging God's grace, that's where joy comes from. Yeah. So being relieved of the debt that you deserve to pay, that's where joy comes from. Uh, joy comes from. So Christian definition is managing the, the tension of far worse than you can explain or imagine, far more love than you'll ever, ever understand this out of heaven. Yeah. Right, but that's not the only place where joy comes from. So um, one of my favorite passages, uh, Matthew 25, I share it a lot. This is what I think Christian leadership is. This is the story of the parable of the talents. God gives yeah. five, God gives two, and God gives one, the ones who do good things with it. He gets more, you get more, right? So there's something about growth happens as good stewardship happens. The five and the two do good with their talents. That's significant amount, years worth of wages. They get more, right? And uh, the one who actually hides it out of fear, he's called wicked and lazy. Right? So there's this pressure going, we got to be good stewards. But the best part of that story isn't that the one who had five talents, God gives fivefold more, right? That's not, that's what we get caught up on. But the very next little passage there, and I have it right here in front of me, it says this. It says, um, his master said, well done, good and faithful servant. That's nice. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Really, really good. And then it says this, hear me. Enter into the joy of your master. Meaning, Christian joy comes only from our master, from being enslaved to Christ because he paid our debt. He's the one who gives us grace. And so we understand that joy is twofold. One, understanding we don't deserve it, understanding we deserve far worse than what we experience. 
and receiving God's grace in every single moment. That's where joy is. In this moment, it could be much worse, I promise you. And we receive God's grace in it, but it's not just that. The other place joy comes from is actually when we steward our gifts that God's given us for his kingdom. And you know this. Uh, There's actually evidence this in all sorts of like, you know, business journals that the people that are happier are those who serve other people. Think about it. That last time you did that one thing a little bit outside of your comfort zone, you gave a little bit more money, gave a little bit more of your time. And think about how you felt resting that night like that those endorphins kicked in and there's something that felt so good there's a reason for that because you were a good steward of your time and your resources and your money and your gifts and your experience and your education and you did something to participate in the kingdom of god you did something with those resources to invest it more in the kingdom of god and every time we do that every single time this is what jesus is responding to us i'll trust you with more enter into the joy of your master so Acknowledging your brokenness, receiving God's grace, and then seeing all gifts as gifts that he's given to us to live in the kingdom now, that's where our joy comes from. So anyway, hope that's helpful. So the second question before we jump into kind of this week's. Oh, good. Well, um, or actually, I guess this is, would be the fourth, but this is the second email of two questions. Um, it says, regarding Jesus knocking oh, on the door. we're only 60 minutes in, sorry. <laughs> Revelations 3.20 says, if you hear my voice and open the door, implying that salvation is available to all and that if... If it is to be, it is up to me. But Ephesians 1.4 says, if we choose, uh, he, he chooses, chose, he chose us, yeah. us in him before the world was predestined, uh, was and predestined us to adoption as sons. And Romans 8.29 reinforces this. How should, uh, I should know the answer to this conundrum, but I always it always trips me out. Help me. Yeah, it is a conundrum and you don't know the answer because it's a lived experience, and I hate that term. Boy, I hate that term, but it's something you live in and experience, not something you cognitively get. Like, yeah. this understanding is definitely experiential, right? And yeah. So um, so it's something that you experience. And so um, I think the question that you're asking, and Romans 8.29 is really confusing. We quote Romans 8.28 all the time. Yeah. For we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Those are called according to his purpose. And then it says, for those he, you know, foreknew, yeah. he Pre, or the those he chose, he predestined, right? Yeah. So you got some language there. The particularly predestined is one of the things that gets all sorts of different church camps upset. Sure. So you got kind of the Calvinist uh, you know, view, which is where the Presbyterian kind of Reformed theology comes from, believes, depending on what end on the spectrum, that you actually don't even get a choice. God does it all choosing, and we're like, well... I kind of chose that thing, and I'm not going to blame God for it. So we know there's something in that. Now, on more of like the Arminian side, Wesleyan side, there's more of this this idea of uh, free will, soul freedom, that I can choose whatever my soul wants, all that kind of stuff. And where does God fit? God doesn't want robots. You know, we have all sorts of language. And so the question I hand is, do we have our own agency? Do I get to choose? Yes, I do. I think. Maybe, but I don't really know, right? And so that's where you're going, I should already know this, but I don't. Well, I don't know it either. I don't really know. What I share over and over again is I think I get to make my own choices. Yeah. But the choices I make will eventually just wreck me because I'm not I'm, in, I'm, I'm not infallible. I'm completely broken. So we got to go, okay, what does he mean then that God works all things together? That's good news. For those that he loves, uh, for those who are called according to his purpose, I'd like to be that. And then he says, for those who are, he uses a couple different words that we wrestle through. Chosen, another word for that is election, yeah. and predestined, predestined, meaning somewhere before the foundations of the world existed, those things were already happening. I don't know the answer, but here's what I, what I do know. When you look at the word um, predestined, let me just make sure I got it here somewhere. I'm sure I do. Um, it's really interesting. It's actually the word uh, we get. Uh, so it's like pro horizon, right? And so pro means before, okay? Mm-hmm. Before, or, you know, something we get, think about pre. pre. Horizon is exactly what you think it means. Horizon, okay. right? Horizon. So there is, the way that we define it out there is there's horizon, meaning there's an ending point out there. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where it is. No, it's there, and it's going to keep going. It certainly seems like it's going to keep going, but there is a, a boundary set. And so literally what this means here is that there was preset before the foundations of the earth, boundaries. Hmm. That's all it means. Predestined mean there are pre-boundaries set in place. In other words, hmm. the rules for the game were already set in place, right? Yeah. There is a way by which it works. And so, based on those that predestination, that idea that there are boundaries already in place, we know that we are all set up on, and I talk about this a bit, on a train that is not bound for glory. It is bound for the justice we deserve, right? That's why I say we don't love fairness around here because fairness is terrible for us because what we deserve is terrible, right? So we are all set up on this thing. And this is why I'm like, God doesn't send people to hell. When you were born into this world, your ticket was already 
punt to it. You are already on the train. So I mean, doctrine like original sin really matters. We were already because of our ancestors set up on a trajectory to go deep into a plummet. That was the boundary already set up. So there's already those boundaries. Those who trust in God don't experience that. And those who don't trust in God do. So, okay, that's the boundaries they're already set up. But the word election is also really interesting because it, you know, sometimes it means chosen. Sometimes it means election. Um, but what it actually means, this is so interesting, that when it says that, that the way that it's properly defined is out of and into. Okay. So there is a boundary. Those boundaries are already set up. We're this train is bound for a terrible destination. We're, and then chosen means to be plucked out of that. Out of. But chosen that never means in the election piece. Not just out of. It means out of and it's into. into. It's not like God is like voting for us. Like we think of the word election or chosen. It means God is picking us up off the train and putting us on another train. Got it? So boundaries are already set up and he is actually defying those boundaries. Stepping into our gap and bringing us out. So that whole idea of predestined, the world was predestined at this point with our own brokenness. God knew that we would mess it all up, but God also knew that there'd be a plan to plug us out. And you go, well, that doesn't seem fair. So God plucks some of us from the train and not others. Why does he choose those people? And I'm like, I don't really know. But here's what I'll tell you. And this is what I think is really important. We also wrestle with, well, I mean, what about People who never hear about Jesus, like in the, you know, Alps or, or I don't know why it's go Alps, somewhere, you know, some monk somewhere. What if they never hear the name of Jesus? You know, God tells us in Romans 1, he makes himself aware to all people, but they chose to, choose, they turned over to their own desires and chose to worship creation rather than creator, right? So we got that. But uh, I don't know the answer to those things. But I can say as we open the scriptures that God says that he, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In other words, whoever will believe in him will not stay on the train bound for you know devastation instead they'll be out of into the train bound for glory so as i think through all this stuff and i go i don't know i don't know if he chooses some and doesn't choose others here's what i do know that if you're hearing this and you're open to the idea that there could be a god who's loving and gracious and could actually have died for you right that jesus could have done that i'll just go and tell you that God wants you to choose him and he gives you the agency to choose him. Now, what the scriptures tell us is none of that's on our own duty, right? It all is through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is doing this work. But if you're hearing this, if you've heard it, if you've come to this place where you go, I understand there's two choices, then what I would say is the Holy Spirit's the one who made those choices aware. And what I can tell in the scriptures, tells us in multiple places, God actually says that he won't allow us to be tempted more than we can bear, but can give us a an agency to get out of the deal. Well, what is that agency? The agency is the Holy Spirit. So we're going, well, do I have my own agency? Do I have my own rights? Well, yeah, you do, but you don't really want those because that one's bound on a different train, right? That is bound for a terrible destination. But the agency that God now puts inside of us is his spirit. So if you're able to choose Jesus, that is not of your own free will. That's the will of the Holy Spirit now interceding for you on your behalf and on God's behalf because he wants this glorious reconciliation. So if you're hearing this and you think it's possible that you can choose to follow Jesus, there's something that's happened that God has done that has made that available. He has made himself aware to you. He has given you his spirit, made himself aware, and given you the power with his spirit to actually be able to make that choice. Because here's the thing, you can't make it on your own Yeah. because you can't do it on your own. You can't jump from one train to the other. There is no way you can get there. Boundaries are already set. The only way to get out of one place and into the other is through the work of the Holy Spirit. So it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. Whoever behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will open, I'll enter and I'll dine with them. I mean, I'll be in a relationship. I'll, I'll enter and I'll come and I'll bring you into my kingdom, right? All those things mean that if you can hear this, and if it seems like a door might be knocking, I would say, then you have the power to open the door because the Holy Spirit will make that available to you. So it gives, I don't know, I don't understand. I'm going, well, yeah, you do. The Holy Spirit wants you to understand this. And you do probably understand this. And we get caught up in the semantics of it other than just come to the conclusion, yep, this is what I deserve, but this is what God gives me instead. That's choice. 
That's your choice to walk in the kingdom and experience the joy of your master. That's your choice. You think it's all on your own, but it's really not. You can make the choice to enter into that because the Holy Spirit will underwrite that decision. So I didn't help you any. It's more complicated than it's worth that you really spend all the time wrestling with it. The big idea is this, that if you're capable of making that decision to follow Jesus, I'd recommend you do it. And yeah. the only way that you'd be capable of making that is because Jesus has made himself known through his spirit. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering those questions. Again, thank <laughs> yeah, you sorry, so much guys, for, was... for sending them. Um, uh, jumping into this week. So we started a brand new series this week. Yeah, that one thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, that was your question. Maybe this is the coffee time. I'll be happy to chat some more about it. You probably understand it better than I do. So, yeah. As always, while well, I'm happy to jump in overtime and talk about this, we do have a coffee shop. It's yeah. under renovations right now, but from 7 to 9, we have someone working it, and there's coffee available yeah. all day. Be happy to chat with these with you about these things yeah. offline as well. So sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, no. So as we jumped in this brand new series called Better, uh, the tagline was, when life hands you choices, choose better. I, I didn't know if there was more that you want to – like I feel like the first week in a series – um, not that there isn't a message. There's always a message. Like there's always a, a take-home point. But there's also a setup of this series. Was there anything more in the setup as we kind of look at week one of better? I'm sorry. I have no idea what you said because Caitlin Salini just took a shot of my shirt. Sorry. I was going to let it slide. I wasn't going to say it. If you're watching online, Caitlin agrees. That's that on clcfamily.online.church, not on Facebook. His, his uh, shirt does look like a, a hospital you gown. You should see it with these shorts. And, <laughs> and she did take a little bit of a before shot. Before I go, I'll give you a zoom out so you can. It looks really good with my On camera, shoes. I will say with, yeah, it looks like it's it's a yeah, hospital anyway, gown. So, but, it's so funny. But anyway, so yeah. So this is a yeah, this brand is, new series. Yeah, going to go through the summer. Right? Let me give you a kind of a summary. So, I keep telling you that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, meaning change the way you think. And the way that we get to participate is we hear about it, we think about it. Oh, have you thought for now, literally 11 or 12 or 13 weeks, like a lot, a lot of thinking, a lot, a lot of thinking. And so, you've been thinking about it, and you hear about it, think about it, and then you speak about it. And you know this. If you were with us on Sunday, you know what happens when we start to proclaim this out loud. You experience it on the back end of our worship service. If you were not here, Please don't just carve out the 48, I think, minutes of the sermon. Go and participate in the moment of communion that Pastor Gary led us through. And then go listen to the back end of the worship set, including Caitlin's worship leadership. And, you know, uh, Emily Rooney and Eric Blom and Megan just leading us in song. And they're great you know, musicians behind them. And we just experienced that as we started declaring this idea of letting the light in. And all these kind of things. What are you laughing at? I'll just read Caitlin's comments. Oh, okay, gotcha. So anyway, all that being said, like we experience that. So you hear about it, think about it, you speak about it. And as you start to speak about it, you actually bring about it. And I know it sounds yeah. so nuts, but it's true and you're experiencing it. People are going, what's going yeah. on at your church? What's going on with you? That's what's going on. The Holy Spirit is yeah. living yeah. and active and we are not driving this thing, right? So we had a, a great elder of our church who had this vision a couple years back of, of basically this huge harvest and she saw in the picture that all the staff and elders were kind of on the back of the combine collecting the harvest but they were all like in a dance party up high like dudes 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 and then she said that she noticed in the in the vision that no one was driving it she was like josh you weren't driving it. i'm like i know i have some good dance moves i want to be driving that right and the vision that she had was we're going to enjoy the harvest while the Holy Spirit drives in that direction. And so that's just kind of the moment we're experiencing. So hop on on the, the harvester, right? Let's, let's The harvest is plentiful. Workers are few. Let's jump on, right? All those kind of things. So I've been telling you the kingdom of God is really near. Repent. Change the way you think and let's experience it. And you're going, yep, yep, I want that. I thought heaven was somewhere in the future. You're telling me it's someone I can do, something I can be a part of now. I want in on that. Well, how do I do that? So I shared last week, I didn't share it in the sermon, but shared it in overtime. Rick Warren says, uh, preachers, uh, always they, talk, they preach a lot about what you ought to do, but don't do a very good job telling you how to do it. Mm. So little baby steps, cumulative effect, little by little, every single week, we're just going to help you take one, one next right step. You're going to actually start hearing us talk about this a lot. Our job, we feel like the, what God's doing is our, in our church right now is his mission is to make it simple for every one of you to take your next right step with Jesus through the Holy Spirit for the glory of God forever. So we're just gonna have you take the next right step. And so yeah. there is a wrong step and a right step. So we're just gonna kind of compare those things. And so what we what we looked at this week is uh, the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, really, really good parable. And uh, it's really easy to miss that maybe this is about racial injustice. Yeah, there's some stuff there. But the bigger principle, I think in my opinion there is that the one who created space and margin is the one who jumped in and served 
and met the needs of the one who was broken. The ones who didn't create space or margin or didn't want to create space or margin walked on by and justified themselves, right? And so this rich young ruler comes up and asks Jesus how you inherit eternal life. He's asking the wrong question, but he's looking for the right answer, which is how do I get in on the kingdom? Right now, he thinks he'll die and get beamed up. He didn't know. Jesus is starting to declare it. And he's actually going to come. He, he's going to help the disciples start to see that his resurrection is something he's bringing the kingdom to us, bringing it to us. So he didn't understand that. He just knew there was something his soul longed for. How do I get it on that? Jesus brilliantly says, well, what did the scriptures say? Pretty important. Well, what did I already say about this? What did dad and I, when we got together and used a bunch of people to communicate it? What is it that we communicated? And that's where they get, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I, again, I just want to re-highlight this, uh, even though uh, it's, it's, I've already preached it. And this isn't the main topic of the sermon, but there is something about the way that we learn to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm, yeah. And I'm convinced that the way that we are currently loving our neighbor is as a result of those things. I would argue, and I'm reading into the text here. This is more eisegetical than exegetical. I would argue the reason that the Levite and the priest don't love their neighbor well is because they didn't do the first half of that. Mm. They weren't really loving God with their heart, their mind, their soul, and their strength, right? There's something that, that was missing there. And so what we see is we see two people, it says by chance, such a brilliant term yeah. because by chance literally means a divine interaction that God set up. Did God do it? Did we do it? Yep, both. We collided. Yeah. Same kind of idea. And so by chance, there's this moment where they could have experienced the kingdom of God, and they could have been good stewards of what God had entrusted them, and therefore, as they were, they could enter into the joy of their master. Two of them missed it, yeah. and then the least likely candidate, who had a little bit of margin that he had created, leaned in and served, and I guarantee you, he was the one who showed mercy. He was the one who loved. He is the one who modeled the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the conclusion of the sermon, or the, the passage is, and so we have to kind of go, well, what do we choose? There's option A and an option B. And we're just going to challenge you each week to choose option B, which option A is security and safety. That is our God, little g. That is our idol. That's the second thing that we continue to make a first thing. And it leaves us empty and wanting. And so you see with the priest and Levite, that's what they choose. Their safety and security, they go on around. And then option B is uh, their, their surrender and their service. And we mm -hmm. saw this guy surrender his time surrender his resources and serve his neighbor and he's the one who i guarantee you experience the joy that comes with that so you get to decide yeah. do you want to choose safety and security as a first thing or do you want to choose god as a you know surrender to god as a first thing and offer your service as a result and what i told you is uh, those two things are kind of uh, seeds of self-preservation which is what you're taught real early on Right? All about self-preservation. How do we preserve ourselves? How do we make ourselves indispensable? All those things. Self-preservation versus just creating safe uh, a space. Just creating space where God could use you in whatever moment is. Because the Holy Spirit is always at work. So we get up every day and go, God, here's my space that's available. In the original notes, it was going to be uh, margin versus manufacturing. Okay. Right? And as, all, as I kept working through it, it's like, yeah, there is some manufacturing that I feel like we do as a church, but I really did think this was more of a passage, not about these guys manufacturing their worth, maybe a little bit, or the, the lawyer asking the question, justification. It certainly seemed like self-preservation was the guiding thing yeah. there. And, uh, because I chose self-preservation, I could, couldn't choose margin anymore because yeah. they're not, they all start the they, same Yeah, right? not yeah. the same. You're yeah. from a Baptist yeah. background, so That's that right. doesn't yeah. work. Um, yeah, so as we looked at that, there was, uh, I appreciate you even kind of talking through the, the explanation of them because I, I know that every week as we go through this series and it's going to go through the entire summer, it's going to be kind of what, what would you choose, A or B? And there's right? going to be arrows flashing. Yeah. So if you're looking for flashing arrows, I just want God to tell me what to do. Oh, he'll tell you. <laughs> Did you do that on, pur on purpose so you could say that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, cut them on. Flash. <laughs> so as you look at that, I, I do think that space and that um, self-preservation, like, like it does boil down to it, but I like how you said. Which one are you are being more towards? Um, I am probably not, I don't have space. Like yeah. I just, I get busy. I allow myself to be busy and then I just don't have time for yeah. anything. Like there's, there's literally been, and I, I felt like just a gentle tug of the Holy Spirit on Sunday of, of a specific time where I just didn't have space and I saw a family in need and I was like, I just, I just don't have time to be able to get there. Mm. And I just felt a gentle tug, like a conviction of going, Maybe you should have made some time. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so I'm definitely so, at space. I, good I mean, I, that's why I asked, but that, that's me too. Actually, on Saturday, yeah. I missed it. I'm going to okay. preach this on Sunday, work through the material. <laughs> on had Saturday, an, I had an opportunity okay. on the way to Briggs's basketball yeah. game that someone asked for some help. Yeah. And I said, I'm so sorry, we're running late. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just said no. And like, what in the world? And so, um, this is, these are new muscles for us to strengthen. Yeah. And what's really good is if you're struggling with it, let's struggle through it together. Yeah, That's the right. beauty of a Christian community is going, let's figure this out together yeah. and let's see the other end of what the joy looks like in it. Yeah. And this week we'll talk about Mary and Martha. So this is going to be even a, mm. a, even a deeper kind of focus on one thing versus many things. That's going to be the choice, the one thing versus the many things. And we are inclined for quantity over quality. And so uh, you have to cheer back up this Sunday. We'll give you some more help with this, but let's actually talk about this text today. Yeah, so I just, I appreciated the, you know, yeah. self-preservation or space. Um, and, and then as we get into it, I, I'm kind of going out of order here, just kind of jumping through the notes here. Um, it, you talked about, and maybe this is, maybe we should wait till we get in the text, but I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into, okay, if we recognize that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves, if we're not loving ourselves, how do we do that a little bit better? So, do you want yeah, to tackle so that Yeah, so I would now. Okay, I, so, boy, that. I want to help you with this. And, like, I think this is so, so, so important. The scriptures say, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks, right? So, what's in us is just what's going to come out of us. And we have, we have not been well prepared and trained on, on a self-care. It's interesting. Yeah. We've been trained on self-preservation, but not on self-care. Right, right. It's interesting because you've actually been convinced that self-care is actually selfish. Yeah. And we kind of got to flip that on its head and go, no, it's actually self-preservation's selfish. Self-care yeah. is selfless, right? Because we know that the majority of our time is spent interacting with others. Mm. And the majority of your time when you're not talking to others, it's you talking to yourself. So there's something about what we hear and what we say that helps us participate in the kingdom of God, right? You hear about it, you think about it. That's your thoughts. And then you speak about it. So what you're thinking about is what you're speaking about. And so this this whole messy thing of going, no, you got to do more, do more, add more, do more, do more, perform more, perform more. That is, that's selfish. Because you think somehow, like, this is the question that the guy asked desiring yeah. to justify himself yeah. Yeah. so we have to take our desire to justify ourselves and burn that alive offer our bodies as living sacrifices it tells us Romans 12 so what's so gracious about this passage I mean this guy's quoting he's not quoting Jesus yet right yeah. I mean we're quoting Jesus here and then Luke 10 uh, we we're, we're, we see the love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength yeah. and, you know like we see that there and then we also see it in some other passages like the um uh the Zacchaeus and others where we see it. But all of those passages are actually qu- quoting Deuteronomy. But the first place this shows up in the New Testament, right? The first, I think it's Deuteronomy. Uh, don't, you might need to Google it. But um, the first place it shows up in the New Testament is actually Luke chapter 2, verses 52, mm. where we have a very small window yeah, of what right. Jesus does. You know, baby, and then he, he grows up, and then he gets lost in the temple. His mom loses him for a week, so just take some easy breaths, mom, like, I haven't abandoned your kid for a week. Like, it's Home Alone, yeah. you know, the original. Those guys stole the idea. But anyway, as you look at all that, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, favor of God and favor of man. So the God of the universe had growing to do. What? Yeah. Because he's put on here as a baby. the model is. And he grew in wisdom, right? And I would say, that's yeah. love the Lord your God with all your mind. He grew in stature, loving the Lord your God with all your, you know, strength. I grew in favor of God, loving the Lord your God with all your soul, in favor of men, which gives us the understanding of what love the Lord your God with all your heart, your emotional side, and your relational side. And so um, I would just challenge you, even if it's not to, to fix this yet. I was actually listening to a Kerry Newoff podcast. Dave Ferguson was just talking about this, that every single morning he puts those four things, heart, mind, yeah. soul, strength, yeah. and he ranks himself up. One to ten. Yeah, test himself every day. Yeah, every day single day. And so incredible. maybe that's just where it needs to start. Of yeah. just going, hey, that's uh, joy comes from our awareness of how much God loves us and what He's done for us. So let's start spending some time in space, yeah. creating some awareness, right? And so even if the very first step in you in creating space is just carving a moment, mm-hmm. just to ask yourself and the Holy Spirit inside you, where am I at relationally? Yeah. Where am I at physically? And you might rate yourself at a two. And maybe I could just challenge you to take a couple extra thousand steps or a hundred steps today to get that to a three right like yeah. there is some some other baby steps in this better choice of space in that space maybe it's learning how to do those things so the way that you love yourself with your mind body soul and uh, strength uh, all those things right 
it will determine how well you love your neighbor. Yeah. So let us know how we can help you with that. Yeah. If it's community, then let us help you find yeah. that. If it's physical, come over here and play disc golf. Someone will play with you or come walk around the parking lot. Someone will walk with you. I mean, there's some things. If it's really trying to figure out how to find a quiet time, let us help you with that. We'll point you in some directions. We'll give yeah. you the Right Now Media login information where you could go sure. and do some of those things. Or if it's just community, we can help you with that. So if you're seeing in those areas, maybe it's time just to, in humility, raise your hand and go, I'm not doing a very good job of loving myself, so I know I can't love my neighbor very well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I feel like a question to ask, and I feel like I'm kind of an all or nothing. So maybe this, maybe this is applicable to many. Maybe it's not. How do you know the difference between how do like is there how do is it how do I know that I'm moving from or if I'm moving from self care, which is healthy, to self preservation? Like, is there a line? Ah, uh, you that, yeah, and this is why space matters because it has everything to do with your motivation. Yeah. Has everything to do with motivation. Why are you saying no? Yeah, right. Is it because you're really passionate about the things you've said yes to? Right. right? Like, or is it that you just are lazy? Right? We're gonna we're gonna talk about this as we go, Mary and Martha. Yeah. And there are some people go, I'm just like Mary. No, you're not. You're just lazy. Right. Right. right? And, and being honest yeah, with yeah, yourself so, and that evaluation. But guess where yeah. you do that? Yeah. In space, right? Yeah, and right. so you know that you're doing this the right way because you're spending time with the Lord right. and responding to the the urgings of the Holy Spirit in Christian community, yeah. right? Not just every single day, just go, you know, just react it, being yeah. reactionary. Not that I'm saying you need to plan out your day. I actually would say just the opposite. You need to plan out your space, right? And then plan out what you're saying yes to. And when you go, these are things I'm saying yes to in light of what God's called me to do, then everything else is enough. Yeah. Unless the Holy Spirit prompts me otherwise. So I think it all still goes back to, have you created the space? Yeah. Often Jesus yeah. withdrew to the wilderness to pray. What? He's God. Yeah. Why does he need to do that? Because there's something about that realignment and reconnection. And so I would say if you're reaction, reacting to just saying no and doing things by yourself, staying mm -hmm. in your own head without actually creating some space to sit still before God, prayer, and it's one of his best definitions, is exchanging wishes. Mm -hmm. So if you heard the wishes God has for you, if you haven't done that yet, then it's probably out of this selfish yeah. self-preservation, not out of this uh, space and yeah. surrender and service. I feel like for me, one of the things that I do, again, space, like that, that's that's the challenge for me. I like to be busy. I like to stay. Um, and what I recognize is that many times I can, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, So I can look back yeah. on a situation and go, oh, I missed it. But what I'm trying to practice right now, and I feel like, you know, I just came back from vacation, so I'm in a good spot, right? Like I had a margin and space to do that. But what I want to do is I want to have that space on the front end so that as those opportunities come, I don't have to play Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. That I can actually just go, wow, God is doing this, and it's so evident right now in my current, not past, but in my current situation. Right. So let me give you a sneak peek to this Sunday's message. Okay. you got to hear this, right? Okay. Um, Hebrew culture. That, well, let's just go back to the beginning when God created it. Yeah. He said it was night, and yep. then it was morning, and that was the first day. It was day. the first day, right. Night, then morning, okay. second day. God walked in the garden in mm. the cool of the what? I think I knew where Night. Yeah. You see this. In the, in the original rhythm of the world, yeah. the day started as the sun went down. Yeah. You see, here's what we've messed up. We've actually sprinted through the whole day and then just exhausted. And then we look at our schedule and go, oh, yeah. I have those night meetings. Oh, I got that game. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, no, 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 no. We've started wrong. Yeah. Our space isn't even in the morning. Real quick, God, I got to throw you in for 10 minutes because I got to get to work. No, it was night, and then it was morning. And then what's even more beautiful is Jesus kind of redeemed all this. That, yeah. that In Hebrew culture, they took the last day, six days, working, 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 we're working. And finally, on the seventh day, they rest, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when Jesus comes back and redeems it, he actually comes back to life on the first day. Yeah. Meaning it's, it's the start mm. of it. It's the start. And so we've even gotten that wrong, right? Yeah. And so uh, Sabbath starts in the evening, mm. in the morning. It all starts, so I'll share with you a lot more about that this week as we look at Mary's and Martha's and that kind of deal. But there is something about it not being, like, so I always go, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I'll go, that word means that upon which everything else hinges, yeah. right? Or it can mean first in order. And I'm always going, no, I think it's the second one. I'm like, God's much more nuanced than that. Yeah. What if it's both? Yeah. What if it's both? And where we've really missed this is we haven't created the space. That's the first thing. Yeah. Hey, Martha, you're doing lots of stuff, but yeah. the first thing. So we got, yeah. and so now I'm preaching next week's sermon. So, yeah. sermon so. <laughs> so I do want to go to to this mm -hmm. lawyer. So this lawyer is asking a question, and and I, I don't know. Maybe I just. I'm Did you hear my joke know. Sunday? I, you know what? I wanted you to explain um, it. I either missed the beginning, or honestly, I just didn't get so, it. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, 
It was pretty highbrow. Um, so doctor is writing about a yep, lawyer yep. who's interacting with a priest. Right. right. So it's funny, but it was a, a a doctor and a priest walk into a bar. And the the lawyer already passed it. Okay. In order to become a lawyer, you have to pass the bar, the bar. exam. I That's see. Oh, man, so, I, I... Will Wallace was on the third row. He was laughing. Did he enjoy it? And he's, I, a, he's a well-trained attorney. He, has, he went to law school I, at the University of Georgia. I definitely missed it. If he didn't explain he's it, a Georgia I still Bulldog wouldn't have gotten yeah, 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 so, anyway. so, so you can't be a Christian and an attorney, I think. So, I think he is one. Will, so I let us wanted to, chime in. Yeah, chime in. Let us I'm a Christian. Let us know if you're saved. That's what he's saying there. So I'm just thinking of this lawyer. Who that that verse twenty nine, but he desiring to justify oh. himself said to Jesus like I, I don't know if there's more there but that word justify like it's almost cringeworthy like yeah. or there's I'm just looking to understand maybe a little bit more was he really like it <laughs> seems pretty brazen to go yeah but yeah. like so I guess do we know from that word the the way yeah, so the way that, the way that is defined is conform to the proper standard, which okay. honestly, guys, is exactly what our life is yeah. exhausted by. So this word should be scratches on a chalkboard yeah. or just like deep grief. Like this is so devastating and it's the mirror on us because that is what we do in our own self-preservation. This yeah. guy is showing off the self-preservation and he might even be doing it with good intentions. I don't yeah. think he's like trying to, maybe he's giving Jesus a gotcha moment. But yeah. he probably believes yeah. that how he does this right and who he does it for. So he's pretty proud because his next door neighbor, he's been cutting the grass, yeah. right? Okay, now who's the neighbor? Because you, these people here talk about going all the way to Samaria. I'm not going to the, you know. So it could very well be. I don't know this for sure, but the passage seems to lend itself to the fact that Jesus, when he tells the story of the Good Samaritan, is saying it to a Jew yeah. who is he is neighbors to Samaria. Yeah, Got it? Yeah. So he's either in Galilee or Judea at this point. In fact, if I did enough time, spent enough time thinking about it, I can tell you exactly where they were. But but in that moment, he's going, I love my neighbor. I love that person. I help my niece or nephew. And so fill in this thing because they're, okay. they're near, meaning in proximity. But like the Samaritans, he wouldn't have done that for. Yeah. So you even see this. I mean, you know it. You're in student ministry. Yeah. We're inclined. Kids are going, okay, tell me how far is too far yeah, sexually. Right, right. right? How far? Like, tell me where the line is, and I'm going to get as close to that line as possible. Because yeah. they don't have a real vision for what right. God has for them. So this guy thinks he has to kind of gruel and work really hard and grit it out for his whole life, and then maybe one day he'll arrive in the heaven. Like, that's where that's where his joy will eventually be. He does not think it's something that can be available then. So he's going, okay, how much do I have to do? Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of the way that it works yeah. in the kingdom. The way that you find joy. You know, and so people will say that word and I don't like it, by the way. The I mean I I understand it. That people used to give the acronym for joy. You know it, right? Jesus, others, yourself, that's oh, yeah, the kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. And that's like ugh, kind of in terms of how you view yourself. Right. Self care yeah. spend allows you to spend time with Jesus, which fuels you to serve others. Yeah. But it starts with you and you alone and the Holy Spirit inside you, yeah. right? Yeah. But that Jesus others yourself in terms of self preservation, that would make sense we don't start there. And yeah. so this guy is literally, you see it right here. He is trying to earn his yeah. access into the kingdom. Yeah. And so he's going trying to adjust that to, to conform to the proper standard. In other words, he knows what the proper standard is. Yeah. And he has been convinced by legalists that the proper first standard is to do follow these Ten Commandments perfectly. But the problem is everybody deep down knows they can't follow them perfectly. So instead of doing it inwardly, they try to pretend they're doing it outwardly. And we all do it too with how we look, how, what, what, we, what kind of modifications we do to our body, what we say about our job, how we present ourselves on LinkedIn or Facebook. This is all justification because we think yeah. somehow our value in this planet or our joy in the here and now has something to do with those things. So yeah, that, that is a devastating, yeah. devastating verse. And so Jesus obviously is picking up on this. What I said on yeah. Sunday is uh, I, I think this guy probably is finally honest with it yeah. because I think it's probably him who gives this eyewitness account to mm. Luke. No one else knows his motivation. Yeah. No one else. Jesus does, yeah. but uh, same, same, same thing with Mary and Martha. Ah, finally, Martha's probably honest yeah. with him right. because he tell she tells him what Jesus said to her. You know, like didn't present right. it. You know, he kind of said, "Okay, finish the meal and then come hang out with us or yeah, whatever right. it is." And so there's finally some honesty, hopefully. Right. But anyway, and I think that that you know I love the idea of it being the one that he he came to terms with because I think that's part of it of going, man, this seems so brazen. Maybe he doesn't even realize that he's trying to justify it, 
but the, the thought is is seeing myself in that scripture verse because I know that I'm guilty of being able to yeah. to justify, but not even necessarily thinking that I'm maybe justified. And the other thing is, he doesn't know Jesus is the one who provides that. Right. Right. He doesn't know Jesus is actually the one who's going to die for that. He's actually yeah. literally going to justify. He right. calls him teacher. Yeah. Right. Not master, right. not Lord. He calls him teacher. So he's That's going, right. you know, access. I think I know. So when you ask yeah. this question, oh, let me add to that. And you know, honestly, I've, I've, I taught in college, uh, you know, Bible classes. And they're just folks who sometimes ask questions, but they don't really ask the questions because they want to hear the answer. They ask questions because they want to add their flavor and commentary. Yeah. So everybody else around them will be impressed with what they right, say. Right. It's just part of our, our nature. You got yeah. this right here. What we, you know, like yeah. I'll ask the question and then I'll give my commentary to it. So it's just sad, but it's human nature. Yeah. So uh, looking through this, uh, at this point, we, we usually try and go verse by verse. We're not going to go verse by verse today. I think we've only got maybe 10 or 12 minutes left yeah. or something. Um, but one of the things that you had said that I thought would, was worth repeating was verse 31. It says, by chance. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, by yeah. chance, a priest was going. It, but you took some time to explain that word by chance because it's not just what we think. Can you explain yeah, that? Yeah, so, I mean, literally, I'm reading straight from the lexicon. Yeah. Properly, what occurs together by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. <laughs> so when you hear by chance, you really do think, oh, yeah. coincidental. Well, here's the neat thing. You can use the word coincidental because yeah. it has the word co in it, like yeah. co-laborers, cooperation, meaning there's coincidence happening. Yeah. There's the one you think is happening in your incident, in your occurrence. That's what the word incident means, right? In your occurrence. Yeah. And there's the co, the divine piece in it. So it literally is like we could miss this in the by chance because we think of yeah. chance as happenstance and luck. Right. No, right. this is by chance as in this divine arrangement yeah. and appointment. And here's what I want you to hear. Two of them missed it. They yeah. missed a divine arrangement of seeing God's kingdom right there in front of them. They missed it. Yeah. So they arranged this and you go, well, did, like, did God know they were going to do it? Well, it, we don't even know if it's a real story. Like, this seems like a parable. Yeah. So it, yeah. So for those two people, they missed it. They missed the moment of experiencing the kingdom. And candidly, as someone who loves you, loves you, loves my family, I don't want us to miss it. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. want us to miss these divine appointments, which, hear me, you'll have today. Yeah. Maybe it'll be that next phone call or text. Maybe it'll be when you walk out to your mailbox and you see your neighbor. I don't know. There will be by chance moments, divine coincidences that will give you the opportunity, not just to like perform correctly, that is not what the goal is. The goal is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you do that, it literally says it. And this one, want to make sure we get back to it again, where it tells us in uh, verse 28, and he said to them, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will yeah. live. Yeah, I right. just want you to live. I want you to experience all that God has for you. I want me to live, right? Yeah. I want to really live. And it certainly seems that the only way you can do that is by doing these things. So. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, so I'm just kind of reading through my notes. So you, again, you said this in the beginning. This is really a, a story about margin, right? Yeah. And it's um, responding with a pure heart in that. Is there anything more in that? I, I wrote in my notes. Maybe we could do a deeper dive. So it, it depends. I, I think we've only got a few moments yeah. left. So um, how do we respond with a pure heart? How do we well, make sure? That let me first help you understand if you know if you can, right? Yeah. And so, verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. Right, right. And he saw him. As he saw him, he had compassion. Yeah. So, it's, it really is a little, it's a really easy litmus. And you can go all the way back to, this is why you need space. Yeah. The way that you it's know good. if you need to take space is you can survey the amount of compassion you have for the mm -hmm. person who just cut you off. The person who just said that about you. The person who got in your way. The person yeah. who said that thing, did that thing, That's didn't good. buy the thing, whatever it is. How are you moved right now? Okay. Because two of them weren't moved, we're moved to a guy who was dying. Yeah. And one was moved with compassion. So in a lot of the passages where, it's, where Jesus quotes, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So, you know, pray for the harvest. Yeah. It kind of is preceded with Jesus saying that Jesus looked out and he had compassion mm -hmm. on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. My, I've shared this over and again, my mentor, every time we, I was a part of the ordination process for our denomination, helping new pastors get started. And we, we got like 15 new pastors yeah. through our church. Really, really neat moment. Very Wesleyan in terms of seeing people sent out. And, um, he would, before any of the ordination council or pre preparation, he would open up, read that passage and go, guys, the minute you stop being moved with compassion, mm. you need to hang it up. Mm. So I'm, I'm not telling you to hang it up. Yeah, I'm yeah, telling yeah. you to go sit still and yeah. find the space where God could actually give you some awareness about who you are. 
yeah. help, and help you love him with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. Find the joy that only comes from salvation. Yeah. And then participate in the kingdom so you can find the joy that comes from stewardship. Yeah. Right? So there so you imagine there's a starting point. Like there's these two connectors, right? And it, that's where it says you go, you go from glory to glory, glory mm-hmm. to glory, glory and joy from salvation, glory and the joy from stewardship. Mm-hmm. But that the the peace that leads that is the joy of salvation gives us compassion, and that compassion leads us to participate and go. In, and those are the questions. Yeah. Not why don't I have what I don't have, yeah. but why has God given me what He's given me? Because He wants you to enjoy the joy that comes from stewarding things in the kingdom. He wants you to really live, right? So not how much do you need to keep? Like this isn't self-reservation. It's how, I mean, I'm sorry, how much do you need to give? Like, okay, what's the line? How much do I, what do I really need? If all joy and satisfaction actually comes from Christ and my time with him, is it possible that all this weed eating and all this managing actually is just creating more self-preservation and less space? Is it possible that this fancy car with all the, maintenance is actually not helping anything. Is it possible that I have too many clothes and trying to even find a hanger in my closet is keeping me from enjoying the the, the experience of being a good steward of God's kingdom? So, but all that, compassion, all those things, they come from sitting still and having a real honest and candid conversation with yourself that's not really with yourself because the Holy Spirit will be involved. I think that's good. I wonder, if is there a question of like specific I don't know, passion, like, uh, you know, you may be led to do this, but maybe not that. Is there a difference in compassion in that sense? Because I think it's one thing. If you're sitting at home and you have no compassion for anyone or anything, you definitely need to be spending time with God, right? Like, that's pretty evident. But is there anything to be said there and a difference between maybe God will lead you in this and you have compassion for this, but maybe not this? That's really, really important, and I'll answer it this week. Okay. Let me give you it, like... Uh, it seems like Martha had a passion for hospitality. Yeah, right. Right, and that's what kind of maybe fuels this. And so some of the things that should be second things, yeah, when they become first things is where they get dangerous, yeah. right? And yeah, so yeah. The, the only way to guard against that, because the natural drift is towards self-preservation, yeah. right? And chaos, by the way. Self-preservation and chaos. So the only solution for that, and you'll hear me say it over and over this week, this isn't a message on not serving. You should serve. But this is a message on not serving before you sit at Jesus' feet. Mm. Before you have his heart and see things the way that he sees them, you going into a situation will not help it, right? We're seeing this with missionaries going into the Eastern world and trying to just bring, you know, Western things. Like I, yeah. I know of actual missionaries that have gone into Georgia, the country, and what they did is they brought in uh, real toilets and indoor plumbing because mm. they were all there. But now the people had to decide whether or not they wanted to flush their toilet or water their garden, mm. right? Where they were just using the bathroom in the house, so now they had to actually yeah. make a choice before they have to make a choice. So there's some things that we just come and go, here's the best next thing, and go, no, 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 it yeah. starts with, how do we sit at Jesus' feet and see things with his heart that are moved with compassion? If there is no compassion, right, then it isn't going to, yeah. then, then, then there's something wrong with the space. But it's possible. It's possible that you can have compassion for things and not be able to bear the whole burden, right? Mm. So that's what I love about this passage, and I'm, I'm keeping an eye on time that the good Samaritan leaves him. Yeah, he does. Like, we miss that all the time. He leaves him. Like, he gives him the resources. Yeah. And then he goes and does other things. In other words, there was another priority for him. Yeah. Probably that he was passionate about. Yeah. A real passion. So he's compassionate, but he has some gifting and passions that he's got to do. So what does he do? He sees all of the resources of God's resources. And he goes, how can I be involved? What do I need to keep? Oh, I got this time. I got to get, I have a commitment here that I need to keep. But this other stuff I can get. Yeah. I don't need all this money. I don't need all these things. I don't need this hour or two as it, it says yeah. to get stable. So there is this awareness, but that awareness comes from the Holy Spirit, and we get that as we sit still and exchange wishes with yeah. Him. Yeah. So this isn't saying everything that comes in front of you is your thing to fix. Yeah. Uh, and maybe everything uh, that comes in front of you, you have to determine what it is you're supposed to steward in it. Yeah, yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I thought that was a really good point. Yes, yeah, amazing. Yeah. He was on a trip, right? Like he was going on a journey. He was doing something, and he still had to do that. I think that's good. Um, just looking at the time, I guess, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add or anything that you didn't get a cover or even in our discussion today you were hoping that we would get to that we didn't? Yeah, so I, I briefly talked about it. Um, you know, I just talked out fast. But I do like that kind of idea. I love the song. And I'd say if you didn't hear the, didn't mm-hmm. get to experience it, or maybe you did go experience it again. That's what I love about what our, uh, our audio video crew does. They capture yeah. these moments that are just kind of, sacred and we can see them kind of like the 12 stones right yeah. we can go back and remember go back and remember and so i just 
I do like the idea, and I think it's a really good analogy of what's kind of been happening at the global church, national church, and our church. And I've, I mean, we've experienced it. It just, it just felt like we were in a slumber yeah. for a while. And you're going, what changed? Well, we got woken up, right? And so <clears throat> I shared at the very end, I don't think I did a very good job because I was I'm trying to watch the clock and wrap things up. But I do like the idea of how we wake up our children. We yeah. walk in, we go, hey, it's time for a new day. We shake them a little bit, not too much, because we don't want to jolt them, and then we cut the lights on. And if you have access to a window, especially if it's a blackout shade, you kind of open it, and that light comes in. And it's actually the light as it comes in that starts to wake us up, and it's light that casts out darkness. And so where do you think that light comes in? In the space. So I would not say get up every morning and go, okay, God, speak right now. I'd say, how do you create space and rhythm throughout your day, and definitely in your evening, right, before you go to bed or before dinner, as the sun is setting, maybe every day as the sun is setting, you just pause for a few minutes and invite God's light mm. into your life. And so what I see happening in our church is not some spectacular maneuvering that we've done or clever things like disc golf courses, really, really neat that we're doing it. But what's happening is we're inviting God into every single space and every single moment. Yeah. And so I just would challenge you to the same thing in your own life, in your own family. I promise you, he wants to shine light. You just have to be brave enough to let it come in and, you know, uh, dispel your darkness. It's a game, and we can do it together. So please don't be alone. So let me reiterate again is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself, right? Those are deeply connected. So if you got some work to do with your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, let us know. We'd love to love to help you do that. Uh, join the Facebook community group. Yeah. Say, hey, I'm... I'm going to start walking on Tuesdays. You may want to come with me. Hey, I'm going to start having conversations about uh, the book of John. Y'all want to meet up at the church. Whatever that is, you can do this. And so let me lead to the very last statement. It says this. He said, there was the one who showed mercy. That's the one who loved his neighbor. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. He didn't say, let me hold your hand. Hey, let's put together a committee. There was a very specific challenge to the guy who was just trying to figure out how to enter the kingdom. And he goes, you want to enter the kingdom? Go and do likewise. And so... Please, today, would you go and do likewise? That's it. Love you guys. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. I want to give a special shout out to Caitlin and Mags. Uh, It sounds like they might even be meeting up to uh, the church. So uh, thanks for joining us. That's awesome. Anybody that's watching on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Always please let us know if you have any questions about any of your faith walk or a question that is related to the message. We love those questions. Um, You can email us overtime at clcfamily.church. You can text us 610-869-2140. Or if you jump online when we're live, you can just ask your questions there as well. So thanks so much. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you hopefully over the weekend.